What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. Today, I have a very special episode with the legend himself, Whale Shark. This episode is structured differently than most because instead of asking big picture questions about the metaverse and NFTs, I focus solely on asking hard questions about his specific project, the Whale Social Token. I'm calling this the Hot Seat Series, and I'm super thankful Whale Shark was willing to let me interrogate him for episode one. I hope to turn these type of hot seat episodes into an entire series where I can ask founders the tough questions. Again, big thanks to Whale Shark for being such a great sport. Now please enjoy the hot seat with Whale Shark. Whale Shark, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat with you. And today's a bit of a special edition because we're going to be diving really deep into your new whale token. And I'm really excited to ask you a ton of questions about that. But to get us started, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Sure, Andrew. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I know that we've been waiting for a very long while to do some sort of an interview. So honestly, the pleasure is all mine. So I go by the pseudonym Whale Shark. Just to provide a little bit of information on me, I'm actually born in the, U- in the UK. However, as you can tell from my accent, I'm actually educated in the United States. Ever since I started my professional life, I've called the entire of Asia home. So we're talking about Singapore, Japan, uh, Korea, China. And, you know, over the course of the last 10, uh, over the last 10 to 15 years, I've lived in over 10 different countries and speak pretty much uh, all of the Asian languages or all of the North Asian languages. Uh, Professionally speaking, I'm actually formally educated in economics, uh, Asian languages, as well as Asian philosophy. I do carry a master's degree in business with a focus in marketing. After my formal education, I actually worked in brand consulting and management consulting for about 12 years. And I'm really known in the business industries that I walk in uh, to have a forte in turning around businesses in Asia. I actually started my life as an entrepreneur about 12, uh, after my 12 years of working corporate. And after starting up several companies today, I actually manage several businesses in uh, brand consulting, packaging design, artificial intelligence, venture capital, and some other interesting stuff startups that are taking place. Wow. So that's an absolutely incredible background. And it seems like you're involved with a lot of traditional businesses. So what is it about crypto, which is a relatively small niche? What is it that attracted you? So I've always been interested in new technology. I, I remember coming out of college and I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys who had a subscription to Wired. Um, you know, uh, so I've always been interested in new technology, but the thing that really drove me to crypto was, you know, given my international and global background, I've always had a lot of bank accounts, right? So I got a bank account in the US, got a bank account here, got a bank account there. And, you know, I always struggled uh, every time I moved to actually move the money around effectively and efficiently. You know, when I read about Bitcoin in 2010, uh, I actually didn't jump straight on board. But I saw that it had the potential to ease uh, some of the issues with, uh, with, with currency transitions at that point in time. But my first uh, purchase uh, of a cryptocurrency was actually in, to- in 2012 uh, when I bought my first Bitcoin. And then after that, from there, I've been just going down the rabbit hole, uh, moved from uh, looking at crypto as a currency with Bitcoin, moved as looking as crypto as a smart currency with Ethereum. And then after that, fell down the rabbit hole and now with non-fungible tokens. So when you look at cryptocurrencies today, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, 
do favor one over the other? Or do you see them all as relatively the same? Tell me your thoughts about cryptocurrencies. So for disclosure, um, I own significant amounts of, of F and Tezos, actually. So I only hold significant amounts of those two coins. Um, I have run the gamut of the crypto psyche. Um, honestly, when I first bought my first Bitcoin from 2012 all the way to 2015, I was easily the world's biggest Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, some events happened in 2015, which caused me to change my mind. And I actually then took all of the Bitcoin that I had been acquiring every single month from 2012 to 2015 and invested it all in, in Ethereum, right? So once again, putting my money, uh, putting, putting my money where, I, uh, where my mouth talks, I was actually, uh, I was actually a full-on F-head uh, for about, I would like to say about one to two years. I think crypto as a currency has a challenging road. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but again, I mean, when you talk about crypto as a mainstream currency, you're talking about uh, certain events within the world economy that have to happen uh, in order to push that, push that worldwide adoption to it. Uh, recently, my passion uh, has been more on crypto as a technology. So basically, the reason why I'm so um, enthusiastic about NFTs is because I believe it's a very strong use case of the technology behind uh, Ethereum um, and Tezos in the future. Uh, and I believe that the valuation of a currency reflects th that size and the depth of that utility. So you mentioned your attraction to NFTs, but how did you first get involved with the space? So even though I haven't been very active in the community, so once again, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been a crypto head since 2012. Um, I wasn't really active in the Reddits or, or in any of the conversations, but I would always spend a few hours a day looking through that information. Um, one, day, one day, I actually stumbled across an article in Reddit talking about Gods Unchained um, last year in July, and it was talking about how uh, Chris Clay, the original game director for Magic the Gathering Arena, had moved across to this project called Gods Unchained, and it was a... Tradable, uh, it was a tradable card game and it was on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, I went across, downloaded the game, played it for a tiny bit, got totally addicted, uh, ended, up, uh, ended up buying, I think, about 1,000 to 2,000 F worth of packs, uh, became the largest holder of, uh, of, of NFTs over there, set up a professional esports team with a friend, which is still running today. Uh, shout out to Team Mythic. After that, basically, I caught the NFT bug and, you know, while searching around OpenSea uh, and looking at the chart rankings, I found out about Super Rare. Super Rare collecting crypto art led me to crypto voxels and crypto voxels led me to uh, Jim. So I, I think we're all, we're all familiar with Jim McNellis and he's really been a real inspiration as well as a real um, a guide and a teacher uh, in terms of taking me down this rabbit hole. So, yeah, that, that's that's how I got here. I love that. Awesome story. All right, let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's talk about your upcoming social token called Whale. Can you describe to me what is Whale? Gotcha. So Whale token, or Whale uh, for short, is a social currency with multiple dimensions of value retention and value growth. One of those dimensions has been attracting a lot more attention lately uh, with the community. And, you know, that dimension is that the base value is being backed by some of the world's most valuable NFTs. Uh, in this account called The Vault. Once again, Whale is the result of many years of my own participation uh, in the traditional and cryptocurrency markets. 
And what I wanted to do with Whale is combine the best of all worlds to create a hybrid that essentially maximizes scarcity as well as credibility. You know, once again, I, I do need to stress it is, it is a social currency. And I know that there have been questions in terms of, hey, isn't this equity? Um, but really, I'm only interested in using the vault to underpin part of the value of Whale. And once again, that is only one dimension that has received the most attention so far. Uh, I'm really interested in Whale as a total social currency package. And I'll actually be releasing more information uh, this weekend to reflect that. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. All right. So what would you say is the purpose of Whale? So the core purpose of Whale, um, I mean, functioning as a social currency is really to create a widely accepted social currency that has stability, that has growth prospects, and that has both widespread and exclusive utility. Um, I want, you know, I'd be flattered if many of these, the space's largest um, and, and most premier uh, creators would be willing to accept Whale. At this point in time, you know, I, if I had to say it in one sentence, I'd say it's a, it's a social currency just built specifically uh, for the NFT community to hold and use. However, on a more philosophical level, and I did post an article on why uh, about a day or two ago on Scent, it's very much also a mark of defiance for me. Uh, against some of the unhealthy behavior that I've observed in the fiat and cryptocurrency markets. Um, so once again, you're seeing a lot of irresponsible money printing in the fiat markets. And on crypto, you know, once again, I've, I've been in the space for, for over eight years now, um, watching the market manipulation and the price dropping or increasing without a change in the fundamentals um, is actually really heartbreaking for me. So this is not meant to be derogatory, but why did you decide to do a social token instead of an ICO? And ICOs definitely have a negative connotation to them today, but they're not all that bad. But yeah, why do you decide to go the social token route versus just a traditional ICO? So that's a one. That's a great question, by the way. Um, and I think ICOs are a great funding me mechanism for projects that haven't started yet or are building towards a project, uh, so that it can get some initial backers and investors. Um, in the case of Whale, uh, the asset that is backing the currency, um, or or is the, the, the part of the valuation, the vault, it's already established. Um, in addition to that, uh, I think the entire community is aware that I'm actually partnering with Roll, um, who again is is where we're not really raising money uh, for a, for a, for a, for a specific development project. And you know, once again, Roll is already li is a, a live project uh, with over 150 other issuers of social currency. So in your mind, what are the risks of whale? So I think the risks, you can actually split them up into perceived risks and actual risks. Um, once again, I, I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned before, uh, the reception to whale has been 99.9% positive. Um, but again, I can understand the concerns uh, as well as the healthy skepticism uh, of the remaining of the remaining 0.1%. Um, you know, many of the perceived risks uh, will dissipate once I move whale to a DAO management style system. Um, there are some critical reasons why I'm not doing this at the moment. Mainly they are due to technical capabilities of a DAO contract and of a DAO system. But I'm a thousand percent and in going to do this and it's go we're probably going to be the uh, one of the first ones to actually move to a DAO system when it's ready and, and appropriate. So talking about the perceived risks, I mean, the first thing is that, hey, whale is a scam. Right. So what I've tried to do and once again, you know, systems like Uport uh, aren't up and running yet. Um, so what I actually did was I provided a significant amount of data to 10 different community leaders uh, 
that really revealed who I was, what my professional background is, what is my financial situation, uh, what's my educational background, you know, how am I perceived in, 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 in business and media, um, and provided them with all that information to verify. Uh, once again, it was a very difficult decision because once again, I do enjoy my anonymity because as with other high net worth individuals, we're always worried about security. But I understood that it was a very important thing to do in order to gain credibility with the community. So I think the first perceived risk is whale is a scam. Uh, the second perceived risk is the vault is not secure. Once again, I've been thinking about this. We've been planning, we've been planning for this for about six months now. There are multiple levels of physical security across multiple countries that secure the vault. Um, once again, while the vault is only one dimension of value for whale, uh, I know that it's very important and have treated it in a secure manner as such. The third perceived risk is continuity. So what happens if whale shark steps on the street and gets hit by a car tomorrow? What's going to happen? You know, once again, uh, same thing, have a contingency plan in place where if something does happen to me, the ability to recover the vault uh, will be possible through several people um, in the community. Now, for me, those are the perceived risks. And, you know, once again, the majority of those risks will all be dissipated uh, once we approach this from a down management system. Um, the actual risks um, that I'm worried about are, you know, once again, because part of the value of whale is dependent on the NFTs in the vault, it's, you know, the real risk is number one, are NFTs going to flourish in value in the future? Um, I think so, right? Uh, putting my money where my mouth is. Um, the second thing, are the projects that are represented in the vault going to succeed and flourish in value? Um, once again, so far, I think I've done pretty okay. And then after the third thing is, you know, is the NFT uh, community going to embrace whale as a means of payment and transaction? Uh, once again, we already to date have 20 amazing creators and platforms uh, who have said that they will be accepting whale when it launches. Um, and I'm just so humbled by some of the names on those lists. And you guys can check it out on our actually on our Discord. What are the token economics of Whale? And basically, what does the token actually do? Gotcha. So uh, splitting the question into, I guess, the two parts. Um, there are the token economics of Whale are that there's going to be a total of 10 million Whale that's going to be minted. Um, you know, once again, this is a standard process that Roll uses. 10% um, of that uh, total Whale uh, is going to be reserved for chief partners who helped me uh, be able to launch this project effectively, as well as help me manage this project effectively moving forward. Just FYI, but my my chief tech, my chief partners are NFT42 on the uh, on the technical side, uh, Ikaitsa on the creative side, nonfungible.com on the auditing side, and Roll on the community side. You know, so once again, you got 10 million whale, 10% that will be reserved for chief partners. 40% of that will be reserved for market making. And then after that, I will continue to hold on to 50%. But once again, we'll be open to selling this to the community if there's a strong demand and request to do so. Once again, this is not a fundraising activity like an ICO. The vault is already there. And this is just my way of sharing that journey with everybody. So let's dive into the whale utility section of the white paper. Going through the five points in the utility section of the white paper, the one that really stood out to me was number two, and it's how whale can be used to purchase certain NFTs within the vault. Why is it certain NFTs and why is it not all NFTs in the vault? Gotcha. So once again, the core purpose of the vault is to hold is to hold valuable assets for the long term so that we can realize capital appreciation. Once again, the 
assets in the vault will only be purchasable with whale. We will not be accepting uh, Ethereum or any other uh, sort of currency to purchase these purchase these items. You know what I hope to do is you know put some of these items on sale only for whale, right, at a reasonable price. Um, but really, the purpose of the vault is not to sell assets. Okay, that makes sense. So if you think about the gold standard, it used to be that $5 bill was backed up by $5 worth of gold. And you could go and actually redeem that $5 bill for physical gold. So why are you not making a similar system where this whale that's backed up by NFTs can be used to redeem any NFTs within the vault? Absolutely, Andrew. Um, I think that once again, the, the only currency that we're going to accept uh, for the assets in the vault, uh, if if they are to be sold, uh, is going to be whale. Once again, it's a little bit more tricky uh, because gold is a homogeneous asset, right? Uh, an ounce of gold is an ounce of gold and an ounce of gold, um, but a sandbox land might not equal to a crypto voxel parcel, might not equal to a hackathon ma- masterpiece. Um, so yes, I, I think, again, we, we are we are looking at use cases for whale that will allow users of whale to to enjoy more utility with it it's just that i think in terms of balancing what we keep in the vault uh ensuring ensuring longer term growth and how we reward holders of whale so that they can acquire these assets uh requires a lot of thinking behind the balance okay that makes sense and underneath whale utility i want to briefly touch upon the first point It says, as a currency, whale will achieve relative appreciation versus other fiat and cryptocurrencies. So appreciation versus fiat, I'm I'm sure whale will totally achieve that because fiat currency is garbage. But how do you expect whale to outperform stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum? Gotcha. So once again, it's going to be it's going to be very reliant on several several dimensions of the currency. Um, I think the first one is that, you know, NF, the, the growth of NFTs over the last month, over the last year, over the last two years, it has outpaced cryptocurrencies in general, right? Um, so given that one aspect of that valuation of whale uh, is already outpacing cryptocurrencies, you know, once again, I think the best is yet to come. And I do believe that we are going to see a further spike uh, in non-fungible tokens as we go forward. So that being the first, the first point. I think on the second point, you know, valuation of a social currency is, is in, in Wales' case, is part based on, you know, what are the NFTs that are backing it? But on the other side is, you know, how can I use it? What can I use it to do? Um, the, utility, the utility side of the social currency, which I'm more interested in. And I do believe that, you know, just from this very great start that we've had with the project, uh, more people are going to start accepting Whale. More people are going to develop exclusive content for Whale. Uh, and I'm going to do everything I can do uh, to make sure that Whale has, you know, more utility and thus more value. Okay, great. All right, let's move on to this section in the white paper titled Whale Value Retention, Revenue Generation, and Asset Acquisition. So one of the things that I would like to more deeply understand is that how is the Whale token supposed to retain its value to the NFTs? Okay, so one, so... You know, once again, so looking at whale and the the as uh, looking at whale and the aspect of the vault, uh, I think it's really a five step process for us. The first thing is that we have to choose the right projects, right? I myself am not interested in projects that are going to last for one year, projects that are going to last for two years, or even projects that are going to last for five years. When I look at collecting the right projects, 
I'm thinking about projects that are going to last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and even longer, right? So the first thing is choosing the right projects. Um, then after that, you have to choose the right NFTs. Part of the reason why the rich get richer in collecting is because they go for the highest price, the rarest, and the most valuable collectible within that collection or within that project. You know, it's, it's always been my philosophy that when I do enter a, a, a project, I don't look for quantity. Um, I'm looking for quality. Uh, so that's the second way that the way that I'm going to maintain value uh, for the NFTs. Uh, the third way is that, you know, once again, you have the selection process down. Uh, I am looking to use all market making funds to buy into more great NFTs. So any of the whale that is sold from that 40% allocation, uh, the F that's received will go directly to the whale account and the whale account will exercise you know, purchasing decisions uh, to add more great NFTs to the vault. The fourth point is that I myself will cease to collect privately. Um, so in the future, you know, I will every single NFT or collection oriented NFT that I purchase is going direct to the vault for free. You know, I, that's, that's how close I associate myself with the vault. And then after that, after you've chosen the right NF, uh, project, you've chosen the right NFT, you've bought more NFTs and, you know, you've, you've, you've increased the size of the vault. If you did all of those steps correctly, I think it's just a matter of time uh, until uh, that scarcity and that quality of those NFTs start to show real market value. So you mentioned this is again under the whale value retention, revenue generation and asset acquisition. You mentioned monthly market maker sales of whale. Can you explain further what that means? Are you using whale to go purchase NFTs on the open market or are you selling whale? Like what, what does that mean? So basically what we're going to do is we're going to ensure that there's a healthy amount of whale uh, in the market. So every single month, and once again, I, I need to release uh, more detailed information. Uh, we're going to market make um, some whale, I guess, according to the, uh, to the market, to the then current market value of whale, uh, so that people are able to, so it can increase the liquidity uh, within the market and it can behave like an actual social currency. So would you say that this is essentially some type of NFT fund? I... I need to stress that whale is a social currency. There are many components and dimensions of a currency that determine its value. And, you know, while I'm so appreciative and so glad that the vault is receiving so much attention, it's really just one of those valuation components. But, you know, once again, it's the piece that many of the community have taken to praising as well as criticizing. I'm going to write a paper. Um, I'm actually in the midst of doing it and I'll be releasing it this weekend. And I will talk about the other dimensions uh, in play here. You know, just because I think the vault is an easier concept to grasp, uh, it has been our leading communication point. But moving forward, you know, we'll be talking about whale as a whole and the different dimensions to it being the best social currency. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so moving on to the whale issuance section of the white paper. So at launch, you're only going to release 4% of the whale tokens. I feel like that's kind of a recipe for the price of whale to appreciate rapidly because it's such a small amount of the total token supply. You know, once again, so basically from a valuation perspective, you know, people will be able to have that third-party audit uh, being done by nonfungible.com. You know, once again, I have no influence whatsoever on what they come out with. The agreement that we had for them to come on board as an auditing partner is that uh, I had to take a look at the numbers that they do provide and shut my mouth, uh, which I was very happy to do so, right? Um, I think 
Firstly, so from a recipe of a pump, I do believe that people need to do their own due diligence and understand what this collection, and once again, what this collection is worth to them on a base value. But I think 4% is also a reflection on how much I value this collection, uh, as well as its current and future role in society as a whole. This is not a fundraiser. Once again, there is, there is no real liquidity need uh, for, for myself, right? It's really about me just sharing my journey as an economic diehard and a collector with the whale community and doing something innovative. And I mean, Andrew, on the flip side, I, I think if, if I said, hey, I'm going to be releasing 50 or 60% of whale, you guys should all buy it now. I think I would be, be more worried about a dump uh, than a pump, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you wrote that there will be 400,000 whale at launch. And then with regular market making release pace of 30,000 whale per month following the next 120 months. So that is 30,000 whale per month for the next 10 years. So why did you schedule it like that? Is there any reason for that time frame? I think that the initial thought process was that, you know, if we're releasing, if we're releasing 30,000 whale a month uh, to market make and we have this F, you know, we can stagger our investment back into the vault, right? You know, it, it's, it's never good to go, you know, it's never good to go all in unless you got pocket rockets. But basically... While I was writing that white paper, I did believe that, you know, the sale of 30,000 whale per month over 10 years uh, would generate sufficient enough liquidity so that we could continue to buy quality NFT assets and put them inside the vault. You know, the, you know, the, vault, isn't a, um, the vault isn't a cryptocurrency fund. It wouldn't make sense for me to, to, to sell more and after that have have let's say let's say uh, let's say a thousand F inside the account just sitting there. So really, it, it was it was being able to pace that investment correctly. Okay, that makes sense. So you are creating a new currency in order to buy more NFTs, which should then increase the value of that currency. Does that seem a little bit a little bit peculiar? You know, because the currency is going to be buying the NFTs and increasing the value of the currency. <laughs> it's that's a it's a fantastic question and you know while some people might call it odd um i call it creating a virtuous cycle of value right i think again it would be detrimental and it would be dishonest if we were selling whale and purchasing you know nfts from one specific pro uh project to pump up that project you know once again i think i think that's definitely a scam what we're looking to do is pump up the entire community as a whole, right? And, you know, making sure that we select the quality projects, making sure that we select the quality NFTs, um, you know, it will reward uh, those projects and those creators in a brilliant manner. All right, so what is the price of whale at launch? So the price of whale at launch is going to be, be determined by a objective and autonomous audit by the non-fungible team. Um, I believe they are currently working on that, uh, that analysis and we should have it out to the community by sometime next week. Very cool. I love the guys non-fungible. So where is Whale going to actually be traded? So at the moment, uh, Whale is going to be traded on Roll and Uniswap. And that's also where you're going to be able to see the financial data and inf information uh, of Whale. Okay, cool. So instead of going to something like CoinMarketCap.com, I can just go to Roll or Uniswap to check the price information? Yep, that's correct. And once again, prior to the launch of Whale, uh, what we're going to do is I'll make sure that we release FAQ, uh, a more detailed FAQ on the exact launch with the team uh, to the community. Okay, that makes sense. 
All right, so moving on to the whale governance section in your white paper. So what concerns me the most about this section is where you say, whale shark will dedicate his time and energies in curating and actively managing the vault, and by proxy, the escalating value of whale. So there's going to be a lot of people that are fully dependent on you to dedicate enough time and energy to this project. That is, of course, until you switch over to the DAO structure, in which case it would be you know, managed by the community. That's correct. And once again, even prior to moving to a DAO structure, uh, you know, I, we're already trying to implement uh, philosophies or principles of a DAO. You know, I cannot be an expert in, in every single NFT. You know, I've done well in some projects. I've done well in CV, done well in, uh, in, in crypto art, uh, done well in Gods Unchained. But, you know, there are so many wonderful projects out there. I can't have my eye on every single one. Uh, what we've done in lieu of a DAO structure for the time being is that we formed expert groups within the, uh, within the whale community. And what we're going to do is for each expert group, uh, and each group refers to a certain project. So at the moment, the three projects that we're looking at are Axis Infinity, uh, CryptoKitties, as well as CryptoPunks. Um, we're going to nominate five experts within that group to monitor and to recommend you know, value for money NFTs from each specific project so that we can go out and purchase them. So you mentioned earlier that you had 10 community members that verified your identity because you sent them you know, documentation and some other evidence that showed who you are. Did any of those 10 community members, did they receive whale for that service that they provided? So I was very selective about who received that information from me. Um, once again, mentioning earlier on, you know, my, my key reason for remaining anonymous is, is due to safety and security. What we did is we provided documentation ranging from my passport to bank statements to online articles in the Wall Street Journal to my cryptocurrency addresses. And on top of all of that, tested through video conference as well as cryptocurrency transfers. You know, and, and, I, and I selected 10 outstanding uh, leaders of, 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 different, of different areas of NFTs. Six of the 10 members are from the chief partner group, right? Uh, so there is an allocation that they're receiving, but the other four are not. Specific to this identi identity verification exercise, uh, no, one was, no one was specially compensated. And once again, I was, I was very grateful that they were willing to do it because it does take a lot of time. So there are some of the community members of the 10, I would say there is a majority of them they do have some sort of financial incentive to basically work with you because maybe you collect some of their arts or you you know support their project by buying their NFTs or you know they do have some sort of deep financial ties to you regardless of them directly receiving whale or not do you think that this kind of diminishes the validity of the verification process I'm very, um, you know, once again, I, I'm very, I'm very careful and, and very um, proud of who of the people that I associate with myself with a lot of them, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in the space. But even while we have that friendship, they are stand up people who would stand up for their morals over friendship, uh, I think any single day of the week. Given that, though, you know, if there were objective third parties, uh, that were willing to do this and had no financial ties to me whatsoever, I do, I do it in a heartbeat again. You know, once again, uh, Alan from Dapper Labs, uh, once again, he was kind enough to, to take time out of his evening to, uh, to, to take a phone call with me, and I have no financial dealings with Dapper Labs whatsoever. Okay, that makes sense. So you briefly touch upon the custody of the NFTs, and you mentioned that the assets are stored in highly secure areas and 
you know, in multiple countries with, you know, sharded keys or whatnot, but who has the actual control of the underlying NFT assets? Gotcha. So at the moment, I do, right? Um, because I, I am the custodian of the vault at the moment. In theory, the whale community has custody custody over all NFT assets. And, you know, we're going to be able to realize that into actuality uh, once we implement a DAO system. There are actually some practical reasons why we cannot enter into a DAO system today. And, you know, the two that come to mind, the most important to me are number one, uh, there's the security of the assets. Once again, these assets can be valued in the millions. And then number two, there's no way to actively manage the assets, especially digital land, uh, once we put them into a DAO contract. So one of the benefits of the vault is that it has a lot of digital land from Sandbox as well as from crypto voxels. One of the revenue streams that I'd like to generate is by renting those parcels or that land uh, out to other people. If we did put it in a DAO contract, we wouldn't be able to sign in, we wouldn't be able to add builder rights, you know, we wouldn't be able to rent them out. When you talk about a, a, a vault or a collection that is 50% weighted on game assets as well as digital land and the inability to use those, you know, we're going to have to wait for the right time to be able to implement a DAO system. So nonfungible.com, they are your vault auditor. And I wanted to ask you, how are they doing that? Are they, you know, following Etherscan and looking at the vault contract address and making sure that all the assets are in there? And are they doing this audit on a monthly, yearly, weekly basis? You know, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So again, I'm, I'm really honored that nonfungible.com are willing to work with me. And, you know, once again, they're 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 probably the most reputable reputable information collectors and analysts in the space, which is why they were my first pick when I decided to look for an information oriented partner to perform the audits. Everyone has access to the vault address, and I believe once again, non fungible has data collection and anal analysis tools. And what they're able to do is analyze the change of assets as well as eventually the change in valuation on a month to month basis. Every single move by the vault will be under scrutiny. And, you know, once again, every single month, the non-fungible team will re release a report, you know, reporting on the ins and outs of NFTs uh, and, and reporting on those balances. So what is the ultimate end game with Whale? And also, who owns all the NFTs when you decide to retire? <laughs> I'm not sure when I'm going to retire, Andrew. <laughs> um, uh, look, I mean, the end game of Whale uh, ultimately is to assemble the greatest collection of NFTs in, the, in history. Very much like any world-renowned museum, being able to mark the importance and the legacy of NFT technology, uh, not only in blockchain in the blockchain space, but society as a whole. I hope we're able to assemble a collection that will live for centuries and continues to escalate in value over time. I do believe that I've given it a pretty good start, right? Um, but I do believe it can go, it can be better. And the only way that it can be better is if I get more people involved. At the end of the day, you know, the whale community owns owns the collection. There will undoubtedly come a time where I'll need to remove myself as a majority holder of whale. And at that point in time, I'll just have to make a decision on how to divest myself and whether that be through market making or gifting uh, to maybe the more loyal supporters of the of the social currency. You've briefly touched upon this in our conversation, and also you've written an entire blog post about this, but I'd love to hear from you the big question of why. You know, why are you deciding to pursue this venture? Gotcha. So, you know, and thank you, and thank you to Pack as well as yourself for asking that question, because I think that is the golden question. You know, why are you doing it? I think, so the first thing is, I think it's a intellectual challenge to 
create something that is truly different from fiat and from you know other cryptocurrencies. In the article that I wrote in Cent, you know, once again, I expressed um, defiance uh, in terms of the way that so many countries around the world uh, are managing their monetary policy, and you know, it's it's highly irresponsible, and it, there are going to be after effects moving moving on later. From a cryptocurrency perspective, I'm I'm a great holder of crypto, right? And while I'm already used to the ups and downs and the roller coaster of minus 50%, up 200, down 100, you know, I, I, they're, they're whale games, right? I don't believe that something that has so much intrinsic value should experience so much volatility if there wasn't so much greed. So honestly, I mean, from a practical standpoint, uh, whale is my fight against greed uh, from a practical standpoint. From an emotional standpoint, you know, as, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a person, I've always loved to share. All of the companies that I run today that I spoke about in my introduction, they're all employee stock owned uh, of in some form or another. You know, I, I always enjoyed creating things. And, you know, while I don't have any artistic talent myself, you know, the artistry or the creativity that I have manifests in business creation and, and, and uh, idea creation and realization, right? Uh, building businesses, building processes, building teams, motivating teams, achieving results. Um, so really, Will is also emotionally an extension of who I am. And I'm, you know, once again, I, I, I can't be happier to be able to share Whale with the NF NFT community who has been so kind and so courteous to me. Whale is not going to be for everybody, Andrew, right? I, I think, you know, as you and I have this discussion, there are some points where people are not going to be able to accept. Um, and, you know, once again, uh, I, I wrote earlier on in the Discord, Whale isn't going to be for everybody. Uh, if you believe me and if you believe in, in this project, then be brave enough to join. If you have healthy skepticism, then please watch and join when you feel comfortable. And, you know, if, if you don't believe in Whale or me whatsoever, then, you know, I'll always listen and entertain, you know, challenges and, and, and a healthy amount of skepticism uh, as long as they're provided in, in a mutually respectful manner. Love that. All right. Enough of me hammering you with all these difficult questions. Now let's jump into the closing questions. What is your single favorite NFT that you own? Andrew, I am going to give you a cop-out answer and you're going to love me for it. <laughs> so basically my single favorite NFT, it's difficult, right? Because you know, choosing, choosing my favorite single NFT is like choosing my favorite child. If you will allow me to, you know, once again, I, I have NFTs that are commercially valuable as well as sentimentally. If you talk about commercially, the Vault owns two out of three Mythic cards from Gods Unchained. You know, those, the, I mean, the valuation on those are 200, 300 and probably even more. And, you know, what I've seen recently in, more, in one of the more recent projects that I've invested in, Avastars, uh, the Vault owns number zero and number one. Um, Avastars is getting hot. You, you got to check out their project. Sentimentally speaking, it's gifts from the community. I mean, I've always refused gifts simply because I feel bad about, about, receiving, about receiving things that, that people have put so much hard work into. Um, but since you've given me the stage, you know, and I, I don't think I can incorporate everybody, but, you know, Pac, A Lot of Money, Sturek, Hackatow, Connie Digital, Crypto Yuna, Anonymous Nobody, and Crypto Motors... You know, even when I said no, you guys still sent me these beautiful NFT gifts. And, you know, those are the most important sentimentally to me. Love that. All right. What is something that you'd like to see happen or something that you think needs to happen to the NFT ecosystem? 
I'd like to actually see a push for mainstream adoption concerning NFT technology. When I look at the NFT space as a whole, and you know, some people are going to disagree with me, but I think the most immediate and the most mature use case for NFT technology is actually in rare digital art or crypto art. You know, I'd love to see more bridges being built between the NFT space and the traditional space. Um, I think with the entry of uh, Nifty Gateway, we saw, you know, them trying to bridge Nifties to the masses. You know, I, I'd love to see more action in terms of bridging NFTs to the institutions. You know, so I, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see a, a bigger push by the project for mainstream adoption. Speaking of adoption, what are the main barriers to adoption in the crypto space? Hmm. Um, all right. So in terms of crypto technology, right, uh, I think the largest on a technological level, I think the largest barrier that we have today is scalability. You know, I'm, I'm aware that people are working on sidechain solutions and, and all of these other good stuff. But, you know, really, there's no point in creating a solution that you can say, hey, so, you know, it, 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 it'll work it'll work for 10 people, uh, but you can't work it for, for 10 million people, right? So I think the biggest barrier to adoption, to mainstream adoption for the crypto space is the lack of a scalable solution. Once again, the sharding solutions being developed by the Ethereum network, um, as, well as, as, as well as all the other sidechain projects coming on actually give me a lot of hope. Once that scalability issue is answered, I think you'll see a lot of projects make it into the, into the mainstream. All right, last question. Where do you see the world of NFTs in three years? So three years is a really long time in crypto land, or and NFT land for that for that for that matter. If I had to take a guess, I think first thing is that you know cryptocurrencies will continue to grow. Whether or not that's going to be exponential growth is really going to be dependent on the strength of fiat as well as the growth of blockchain as a functional solution to real world problems. But I do think it's going to continue to grow. I think, you know, STOs and digitalization of real world assets will be approaching a status of industry standard. Love what the guys at Tezos are doing for that. And then finally, I mean, what's closest and dearest to our heart, uh, NFT technology for digital art and collectibles will also be approaching the status of, the in, of, a, of an industry standard. Um, and, you know, I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, I can't wait to be along that journey. Awesome. Well, Whale Shark, this has been an absolute pleasure. I absolutely love chatting with you about all of this. And again, thank you so much for letting me hammer you with all these questions about Whale and your background and everything, etc. So if anyone wanted to find out more about yourself or find out more about Whale, where should they go and what should they do? Gotcha. Um, so if you do want to learn more about Whale or learn more about myself, uh, you can find us on three main channels. Uh, we're a huge supporter of Scent. So all of our long-form writing is on scent. You can just look for us at Whaleshark, W-H-A-L-E-S-H-A-R-K, no spaces. You can actually look for us on Twitter as well, uh, at whaleshark.pro. And finally, the best place to find us is actually on our Discord. So that would be discord.gg slash whale. Andrew, I really appreciate the time and the effort that you've, that you've taken to, to have me here today. I've had a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. Awesome, Whale Shark. Well, you're definitely going to have to come back on again in the future and tell me about all the success of Whale. <laughs> a- anytime, bro. Anytime. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.